but my energy for it hasn't wavered. My staff's energy for it hasn't wavered. This is a good thing. Okay, that's how I know we're going to get to where I want to be, that this is my, my spot to be in. All right, my friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast, fun episode for you today. Three ways to grow your practice. Yes, we're talking growth again. You want to grow, I want to grow, we want to grow. A little office talk, developing managers, closing thought of the episode. This is the Ultimate OD Podcast. Here we go. Our friends, the Ultimate OD Podcast, very excited to be talking to you today. Before I get into it, I just want to give some praise and props to Collaboration. Collaboration is the name of the game. When I first started, I did not want to talk to any other doctors. I was very insecure and worried that they were going to steal my ideas, my patients. Well, as you can see, as I give you everything I got every week, I am fine putting it all out there because I know the authenticity is what makes it mine. And we all help each other get better. As you know, one of my favorite sayings is iron sharpens iron. So I've had so many moments in the past month where just me getting out there talking to more people, whether it's other optometrists, people in the industry, uh, reps, frame lines, you know, manufacturers of equipment and putting out there what I want and seeing what comes back. This is what I want to do. How, how can we get there? Or if you have something, you come to me and I try and help you get through it. Next thing you know, is it spurs an idea in my mind. This is how I can be better. A lot of the topics that I get are because someone will ask the question, how do I do X? How do I do Y? How do I do Z? And it forces you to think. And that's something that is a, it's priceless. You don't know what you don't know. Some of these things come up and you realize, whoa, that's not exactly what's happening in my office, but it's very similar. And by helping you through this, I get better as well. So I encourage every single one of you, hit me up, drlily at theultimateod.com. Send me an email. We can text, we can call, message. I don't care, but I love hearing from you. I want us all to be the best we possibly can be. So collaboration, shout out for collaboration. Today, we're going to talk about, you guessed it, growth. If you've kind of gathered a theme the past few weeks, I've been talking about it a ton because it's consuming. Over the past year, all I've wanted to do is get bigger, get better, expand. I'm sick of being where I'm at right now. I want something more, and that's what I've been focused on. When you focus on something, when you put your time, effort, and energy, your, you know, everything you have towards a certain goal, you start seeing things through a different lens. You start seeing opportunities that you would have missed had you not had your eyes open if you weren't looking for them. We find what we look for. So I do feel like I'm making a ton of progress. I'm not where I want to be and nothing's ever as quick as I want to be per se, but I am making progress. Right now I'm negotiating a lease, designing a build out. I'm uh, coming up with pipeline uh, uh, ways to get more doctors into the practice as I grow and expand. I'm building out my brand. I'm working on my marketing. Everything I'm doing right now is with the big picture in mind, and it's, it's really going well. It's, it's encouraging. I'm building out the dry eye clinic, and it's gaining traction. It's what we do. We hit the ground running at the beginning of the year, maybe a little bit of a lull here in the summer months, not like we're slow 
But we had like June, we didn't sign up anyone new for advanced therapies. In Michigan, summer months are our like get out and enjoy Michigan while you can because winter is not nearly as appealing. Still a lot of fun things to do, but you're you're in Michigan, summer you're out there. We do get a lot more kids in during the summer, so my population to pull from isn't as as broad. As I look at the upcoming weeks, July, August, September, I have a lot more dry eye patients, dry eye consultations. That'll lead to more dry eye consults. I share this with you to let you know that every time you start off with something, you have this energy. You're like, we're going to do biopsy management. We're going to do scleros. We're going to do the headache concussion clinic. I don't care what it is, but you have this enthusiasm. You get going, you put all your effort and energy into it, and either it takes off like gangbusters or it's a little slow or there's nothing. Well, Invariably, even if it takes off like Game Busters, you're going to hit that low. It's not going to be exactly what you imagined. It's not the same pace. This is how I know I'm going to be successful. And I'm not saying that to be braggadocious or anything like that, but I still love it. I still want to keep reading about dry eyes. I still want to talk to every single one of my patients about it. I haven't lost energy or enthusiasm. It just, there's lows. There's highs and lows. And I know they're going to keep coming in. We're going to get more patients signed up. We're going to help more people. But my energy for it hasn't wavered. My staff's energy for it hasn't wavered. This is a good thing. Okay? That's how I know we're going to get to where I want to be, that this is my my spot to be in. Now, that being said, as you grow, as you try to expand, you're going to have struggles. And the number one struggle is time. Right? Where do you put your energy how are you going to keep doing what you're doing and add something new? Get bigger than you are right now. You have to focus on patient care. Do you delegate? Do you take yourself out of the exam room and be more of the CEO? But you love patient care. There's just all these things that come up and you're trying to you know, learn how to fly as you jump off the cliff. Because you can't remove yourself completely from patient care now because you're not at that pay, at that spot. You're not ready to go completely into being just the CEO of your practice because guess what? We still like seeing patients at this point, right? Eventually, something's going to have to give. I'm going to have to move one way or the other. But that's why we're building this out. That's why I'm putting all the pieces in place. So when that time comes, I know exactly what I need to do to be where I want to be. And that goes back to preparation, okay? One of the biggest worries and fears I think any new business owner has, anyone that's going to grow and expand is that when you take me out of the equation, is the business still the business? Now, I'll tell you, if you take you out of the equation and it's not the same business, you don't have a business, you have a job. And that's not what we want. We got into this game so we could dictate how we spend our time, whether we're seeing patients with our families or we're working on the business. Now, if you can't remove yourself from the clinic. Whether we're seeing patients with our families. What did I say? The whole thing. We got got into this business so we could dictate what we do with our time. Whether we're with our families, we're seeing patients, or working on the business. Right? We want to decide how we're spending it. If you can't remove yourself from the business and you have to stay in the clinic, that's fine. It can be very lucrative, very fulfilling, but it's not a business, okay? The greatest founders that I've studied, the greatest entrepreneurs that when they were in startup phase, they were control freaks. They wanted to get every little piece of the puzzle right. 
Well, invariably, as you continue to watch their journey, they get to this breaking point where they can't keep doing the things that they were doing. They can't be answering the phones. They can't be dispensing. They can't be handling every patient that has a problem with how their frame looks or has a problem with insurance. That's not how their time is best utilized, right? So they have to remove themselves from that equation. They have to spend the time on their time on the things that matter. Well, when they happen, they do that. They're forced to do that. A lot of times the business will grow and thrive. It's kind of a gut punch and ego check, but that's a good thing. That's what you want. Your business doesn't need you to do it your way. Now, they may not do it your way, but you're going to get better results because your energy is going to be spent on the things that matter that can multiply the practice. Okay? So make sure that you are not wasting your time, effort, and energy on things that don't matter. So let's go over the three things that you can do to get your time prioritized correctly. So you can focus on the things that matter and the business still runs and thrives. Number one, people. Okay, you have to have good people. All great businesses are made up of amazing people that believe in the mission. Okay, I don't care what you're doing. If you have a group of people that all believe passionately in a cause, you will be successful. Now, when I say that, you may be thinking, oh, I don't know if I have the right people. I'll challenge and push back. Do you have the right cause? Are you motivating them? right? Everyone is capable of great things when they have the right kind of incentive. Okay. So what is your mission? Are you instilling this? Are you putting that into your office culture? Are you motivating your people? Now, sometimes your people have a certain ceiling, but maximize their potential and you can recruit new hires Get new people on the bus that can take you to the next level. But maximize what you have. I guarantee if you look at every single staff member, every single coworker you have, not a single one of them has maximized what they can do. I don't think I've maximized what I can do, and I'm putting all my effort and energy into that. We'll explain that in a little bit. I don't think I've maximized my potential. And that goes back to the fact that I am doing so many things that you don't realize the bandwidth that it takes. To be great takes effort and focus. If I'm worried about ancillary things, I can't put the effort and energy into what it takes to get to the next level. So the right people are gonna make you more productive. So get the right people on the bus and give them the opportunity to maximize their potential. Now, when I say give them the opportunity to maximize their potential, what does that mean? You have to give them responsibility, all right? But you also have to give them authority. If you only give them responsibility without the authority to make a change, they are set up for failure from the get-go. You're gonna look at them and be like, why can't you do this? Because you didn't give me the tools that allowed me to do this. If they are afraid to you know, give someone a pair of glasses or make a purchase that might help the office because you're gonna come on the, out down on them for like these expenses or taking initiative to make a patient happy, you are crushing them. You are not allowing them the ability to grow, which is stopping the office from growing. Okay. So you have to give them responsibility. You have to give them authority. This comes with trust. 
Make sure you have that trust. That's the foundation of this. All right. It's not earned in a day. It's not earned in a week. It's earned over time, bit by bit. It might be a slow, ongoing process, but again, always be working with a mindset that you have to build trust to give them the responsibility and authority to carry out the tasks they need to carry out to keep the business running and thriving when you're doing other things. All right, so we've got the right people on the bus. That's kind of scary though, isn't it? Because if you put all your effort and energy into you know, growing the business, focusing on marketing or recruiting new patients, and they're running the day-to-day and they leave, now you're screwed, right? Now I have, I have all these other irons in the fire that I have to let go to go back to run the practice. I have to go and do this. Again, that's a very scary thing. That's what we think about. That's why we are worried to take ourselves out of it because it's all hinging on us. If you have a business that is dependent on one person, what did I just say? You don't have a business, right? Think about McDonald's, Apple, all these big corporations. They lose people all the time and they still are doing what they're doing. They're still thriving. Raises the question is, How can they do that and you can't? Because if you look at the talented people that they have in those businesses and in those corporations, they are surrounded with talent. A lot of people will take those jobs and opportunities and go and do other things. They'll be starting their own companies. They'll do this, but they keep a breeding ground. They facilitate that, all right? That being said, great people, you need a bunch of them. But aside from you, and even you is a question mark at times with it comes to running a business, everyone's going to leave. So how do you delegate? How do you trust staff to run your business when you don't want to put, have it be hinging on one specific person? This comes down to a management issue, right? If you're managing by having one person do it all, you've created the problem. So you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, how am I going to fix this? The answer is systems. Systems are the basis for all great businesses. You can have a system that allows any person to come in. So make your training protocol, put it on YouTube videos, use Loom. I don't care how you do it, but make a system. So your person that's in in charge of training staff, they make all the videos. They leave, you still have the videos. You still have that ability for someone to watch a video and learn. You have a system for how you go into optical and how you present frames. Make sure you put that on video and let everyone watch that. Review it. Make systems. Now, this is in the worst case scenario in your mind. Like someone, you make these systems and uh, someone leaves and you have it. Awesome. But you realize this also helps in your day-to-day, everyday practice. Invariably, people get sick. People go on vacation. People have to step away or they're not life hits them hard and they're not in the position to do what they're doing for a season, right? By having the systems in place, you're actually backing each other up because everyone can step in. Everyone has a backup. Everyone knows where to go to get the answers and it's all uniform. You want uniformity in what you're teaching people, what you're doing in your practice. That's why people love McDonald's. That's why they love Chick-fil-A. That's why they love the experience they get when they go to an Apple store and they know they're going to have X, Y, and Z when they walk in. Because no matter where they go, they're going to still get that same Big Mac. They're going to get the same chicken sandwich, right? Consistency is what people love. 
Everyone says, oh, I want something new. I want the latest, greatest. They do, but within the consistent framework that you've created, right? They can only handle so many new things. Think about this. When you go to your office and you try to change something up, look at the pushback you get. People are creatures of habit. Your consumers, your patients, your customers are no different. So make a consistent office by having a consistent protocol, having systems in place. All right, now we get to go to growth. You have the right people, you have systems. Someone leaves their seat on the bus, guess what? You have a system to move someone else into that seat and you keep going down the road. This is how you want to be because now you can start scaling. All right, now scaling is a very fun word for me. I want to do things at scale. I want to say, hey, once I get this cookie cutter operation in place, now I can start adding more offices. I can start adding more doctors, adding more people. Well, as I read more and more about scaling, one of the first things that you do is simplify. Let me give you a case in point. So in my office, I've been the sole doctor for the past 12 years. I know these are my family, my friends. We have a different relationship. Sometimes a patient will come in and I'll be like, hey, don't worry about charging them for this. Or, you know, they get free glasses. They get this. They have, they have the doctor discount. They know me a little bit differently, right? Is that scalable? Absolutely not, right? There's no way that a new doctor coming in is going to have that rapport with patients or that authority to make those calls. When, when sometimes people have issues, I just trump all of our systems and protocol and say, do this, right? You know you have these little things that you have in place like, oh, this is a special family discount or we take care of these teachers. We take care of this you know, business this way, right? The first thing you do when you scale is you get rid of all that fluff and you get it as simple as possible. My worry in that is when I start, you know, thriving in the dry eye space, how does that scale, right? You get rid of all those ancillary things. Well, what did we talk about in number one? You have great people that believe in the mission. If my mission is dry eye, we have people on board, right? That's just what we do. Number two, systems, systems, systems. Doctors are smart. We didn't get here by being a bunch of dum-dums, right? We can learn a lot of things. I know that I have a system in place for how my staff interacts on a dry eye email. They know the workup, and after I do my exam, they know exactly what they do when they're talking to a patient. It's cookie cutter, right? That's scalable. We can do that. But I think my, my ego, right? I'm the magic that makes it happen in the exam room. No one's going to care as much as me. Right, that's probably true. I'm probably gonna be a little bit better than someone coming off the street that hasn't done this. But you know what, when I go in and I do that dry eye evaluation, I go through the same sequence of events. I know I'm gonna talk about their tear breakup time, their Shermer test, their vital dye staining, my biography. There's, there's, there's a system to that. I can create a training video just like we are for everything else in the office. Now my, you know, associate doctors, they're going to have their own flavor, their own brand, but I can give them the foundation. You always hit these five things. These are the talking points that resonate with the patient. It can be scaled. It can be trained. And if you believe in what you're selling, the sky's the limit. And I truly believe in it. I've seen it work. Enough of these doctors come in and they see the results with the patients, they're going to believe too. So there you have it. Three easy ways to set up your environment for growth. 
Get the right people in, give them responsibility and authority. You have to trust them, right? Back each other up. Have systems in place that if someone leaves, if one cog in the machine you know, is out of commission, you're still functioning, you're still going. You have spare parts galore. You're a business, not a job. You don't have one person that makes everything go. And then when you're ready to scale, simplify but make everything structured and you can still scale a specialty, right? You can scale those nuanced things if you break it down to its simplest parts. Now, it's gonna take some effort, it's gonna take some energy, take some polishing, but it can be done. All these amazing businesses have done this. We are no different. What one person can do, another can do. Why not us, all right? So I leave you with this. In an industry that is wrought with turnover right now, we're losing staff members, doctors are retiring, private equities buying things up. Do these things. Give yourself the ability to utilize your time the way you want. That's the key to longevity in this business. That's what I have for you. We'll have more next week. All right, friends, a little office talk. So I'm developing my managers. One of the biggest things I've read in all great leadership books when I talk to other offices, managers, office, you know, practitioners that are having businesses I want to replicate, other businesses in general, meetings. Not meeting for the sake of meeting, but meetings with a purpose. And in these meetings, the majority of the time, you need to be listening. You're there of, what do you think about this? How can I help you with this? What do you need? And you sit there and listen. Okay, now my managers are quite new to this, so I'm doing a little more talking, but I've cut my talking in half, right? I start off by giving them everything. This is what you do, this is how you lead. Now they're starting to take off, they're finding their own voice, they're doing it. But we're still meeting. We're reading the book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Uh, it's an easy read, it's a parable, like a, a fable type thing, and then there's some real key points to it. I'm trying to give my managers a foundation for what I want them to be. Now, they're not the CEOs, they're not managing executive teams, but I want them to have that mindset. I want them to have ownership in the business. I want them to be able to lead all different types of people, high level, high skill level people, and let them know that your job is to maximize their talent. Even if they can do the same thing that you are doing better, that's not a reflection of you as being a poor person at the job. That gives me more confidence in you because you've made them do that. You've given them the tools and the abilities to let them grow. That's an art in itself. Think about you trying to get the most out of your staff. It's stinking hard, right? It's so difficult, but you've learned how to get better over what, over the years, over time. That's what I want from them. So we're building that foundation there's a lot of key points in it. I'll let you know how it's going, but I really like that book to start off. Now, the key to that book, the key to doing this is trust. I'm working on, through the book, having these conversations, building trust with my managers. They need to then instill that trust in their direct reports, their people that are under them in the organizational chart. This is an ongoing, constant process. How do you build trust? Well being vulnerable, being open. I have no problem as you see me on a weekly basis. I let you know where I stand, what I'm doing. 
I'm trying to share that with my managers as we go to grow. I'm involving them in all these behind the scene things, how we are developing our marketing strategy, how we're developing our you know, new office to build out, how to design things. They're right here with me. This is what I'm thinking. What do you guys think? What would you do? Do you like how this flows? Giving them ownership and ability. Now, they're like, we have no real idea how to do this. We've never done this. You know, that's fine. But now that you've done this once, you have more confidence when we do it again. As you go and see why I'm doing things with this background context in mind, there's a level of trust. I trust them. I see where we're going. This is going to be good. I'm doing that for them. And now I'm getting trying to get them to develop that for my staff. This is me trying to develop culture in the office to get us the right foundation, the right organizational chart, so I can do the things I want with the future practice I'm building. So stay tuned. I'll let you know if it goes up or down, but we're getting better every week. We'll have more for you next week. Where, oh, where has the time gone? We're to the closing thought of the episode. And today I will leave you with this. Success is getting what you want. Happiness is wanting what you have. Two different things. You can be as successful as you want and still not be happy. No guarantee that that's going to happen. But being content with where you're at, what you have, priceless. I'd rather be a person that has nothing and wants nothing than the person that has everything and only wants more. Right? That person that only wants more is never going to be happy. Being not content, but satisfied with the things that you have and making the most of them is going to lead to more success in my mind than always wanting more and never being satisfied. Now, there's a fine line because I'm always wanting more, but I am content in the things that I have. I'm not wanting from a place of greed. I'm wanting from a place of aspiration. I think there's a difference there. If you disagree, let me know. But that's what I have for you. Dr. Lily out.